Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Shrey Felice, and this week I'm speaking with Nikki Lowe, a photographer who has made ad campaigns for big-name companies like Nike and 7-Eleven, as well as spent five years here in Taiwan working for Reuters as a photojournalist. Before we get into all of what you have accomplished, can you tell me what inspired you to pursue photography? The funny story is that I I didn't actually wanted to pursue photography. In school, I wanted to be a radio DJ, <laughs> but as opportunities came with uh, magazines to to make some money off uh, photography and, and writing, I, I decided to to do some of those jobs just to get by. And by the time I, I came out into society to start working, there was an opening in, in Reuters for an editor, sub-editor actually. And I took up the job, but soon after I changed position into uh, becoming a photographer. And the headquarters was then based in Singapore for Reuters. And then there was an opening in Taiwan and they, they sent me there because I was bilingual in both Chinese and English. So that, that was the beginning of my career as a photojournalist. Wow, that's... That's quite an amazing story. How did you go from being an editor to switching and becoming a photojournalist? Because that's a skill that not many people are able to master. I had a little bit of interest in photography, and back then it was just a way of earning a bit of extra cash. But when I decided to pursue the craft seriously, it was during my time in national service. Because, because of my portfolio that I had gotten back in school, my, my photos, they had picked me to be an army photographer. That sort of like leapfrog my exposure to photography even more and gave me the, the training that I needed. I started back in 1999 and 2000 with film photography and they gave me all the basics. Did, I did a lot of reading, polish up my, uh, the, what other people had done, other uh, photojournalists. And, and so, you know, the, when I got out of the army, the decision was whether to go to become a photojournalist or a fashion photographer. I picked being a photojournalist because I thought it, it was more meaningful in terms of uh, work. Oh, yeah, I know. I completely agree. Like, when I look back in my life, I have no regrets. You know, whether I have anything that I want to change in my career, I look back and I say, like, no regrets, man. Everything that I, I had experienced, the places I have gone, the people I've met, the stories that I've told, they, they, they are pretty amazing. It's a good life. If it were to end, like, uh, next year or tomorrow or what, I, I would say that no regrets, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great yeah. to live a life with no regrets. <laughs> I think yeah. that's everyone's goal. <laughs> How has social media changed photojournalism? For photojournalism, it hasn't affected it as much. Uh, I think just photojournalists need to have a social media presence now. In terms of Instagram for photography, it's a huge game changer. It's, it's been cultivating a lot of young talents, people who are taking kind of all sorts of insane photos. It's created a whole new generation of photographers because photographers used to be a rare breed, but now everyone has a camera in their phone. It has opened a whole new wave of opportunities and, and visuals that people have never seen before. Would you say that it could also be detrimental to the industry because social media has taken some of the opportunity away from actual trained photojournalists? Well, I mean... That was one of the few reasons why I left the industry and I sort of like predicted the downfall of uh, journalism because at that point of time, citizen journalism was kind of on the rise and news, you have to be there, right? And you can't be there as one person all the time, and especially for breaking news events. Like let's say there's like a bombing in the presidential palace. Technology nowadays, everyone having a phone camera, you most probably get someone there at the scene with better photos of what had happened, whether it's caused a downfall, of the 
journalism industry, I would say yes and no. I would say it has evolved industry where journalists like us, we need to sort of like reevaluate how we write content and put out the news because you can't be everywhere and that's just a fact. So how do we adapt to it? We value add our services we as and our thoughts as a, as a journalist. I'd love to talk about the amazing photos that are part of your portfolio while you were working here in Taiwan. Some of the ones that caught my attention that I thought were just amazing were the photographs of the prison inmates, the young offenders who were in juvenile prison, who had started learning indigenous dance moves and drumming. Yeah, that really interested me. How did you feel about that and how did you gain their trust and get close to them? This story was one of my favorite uh, news stories that I had covered during my time with Reuters and it was a pretty amazing story because first of all they gave us access inside the prison with the inmate and this was in Zhanghua prison and because we were known as an international news agency I guess they wanted a little bit of like uh, a write-up on the what prison was doing for the inmate, inmates uh, and the theater group that was training the inmates were called U Theater. They're pretty big uh, in Taiwan also for their, their drums, drum performances and stuff like that. So when they they gave us access, uh, we, of course we were very happy. We planned out how we wanted to write the stories without any prejudice and we went in and we realized that you know all, all the people in there, the inmates, they they are very hardworking people, very humble people, and they they just needed to have some focus in their life. And then this training and this performance by U Theater gave them a direction in life. And we thought it was a meaningful story to share around the world. And we went in, we met the inmates, we met the people training them, we covered their performances. It was it was touching and one of the few stories that I actually, you know, uh, uh, cried a bit myself. <laughs> Explain that a bit more. What story made you cry? Well, it, it was the story. So we we covered this story for over a few days. And so we spent a few days uh, with the in- inmates while they were rehearsing for a big performance outside of prison. So this was like, for some of them, this was the first time they, they went out of the prison and they went out to society to perform for people again. Throughout the whole period, they were rehearsing very hard. A few hours a day, they were practicing their face paintings and stuff like that. Uh, this was their debut to the public. The, the prisoners, they told us that, you know, the training and the performing has already sort of like made some changes into them. It, it gave them some, some direction in life. And so when it came to the day of the performance, they were they were giving it all, man. They were really, really like uh, giving it all. You could tell uh, that they they wanted to give the public a, a, a great performance, not not just a good one, like a fantastic one. And the way they, they hit the drums as hard as they could, they, the way they shouted, they, they screamed in unison as part of the performance, and that was amazing. When it came to the audience uh, applauding them, clapping for them, and acknowledging that all their efforts, that moment it made the prisoners cry. It made me cry too because it was so touching because I knew how much it meant for them and how hard they had trained. So this was one of the most amazing stories I would say that uh, I've covered. Yeah, it, it really spoke to me as well. For anybody that wants to check out Nikki Lowe's work, you can head to his Facebook page, which you can just go into the search bar and type in Nikki Lowe, which is N-I-C-K-Y space L-O-H. But also, you have a web page, and can you give our listeners the name of your web page? It's nikkylo, N-I-C-K-Y-L-O-H dot com, 
And also, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's also the same. Uh, Nikki Low, uh, one word, space, no, no space in between. Yeah, and I really, really highly recommend people check out your official webpage because that's where all of the videos, films, advertisements, all of the things that you've created, including fashion photography and sports photography and campaigns for 7-Eleven and Nike and stuff like that. I really, really recommend people check that out if they're interested in photography and check out Nikki's Facebook page if they're interested in his time in Taiwan. Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. I'd like to thank Nikki again for joining me. Don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode. As always, remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Shuri Felice.